Hello and peace be upon you. I'm Omar, the co-founder of Hijama Nation Academy, where we teach online hijama cupping therapy courses. Welcome to the Hijama Nation podcast. I'd like to welcome you today uh, to a very special episode. I'm really excited about it. Our guest today is a very special dear friend of ours, and we've known her roughly around 10 years. I was trying to calculate this morning. Um, we met at very early stages of our own careers, respectively. And mashallah, we've seen her grow and you know, be- become very established in her career, mashallah. She's one of the leaders in the field of mental health, and she specializes in Islamic counseling. So um, I'm going to just uh, introduce her first, and then we're going to be discussing how hijama cupping therapy in particular can um, relate to mental health issues as well. So unfortunately, it's a real problem, especially since COVID, we found um, pandemic has affected people so much and uh, the mental health issues have increased so much, not only in the Muslim community, but for everyone around the world. There's a lot of depression and anxiety, and that's just on the lower scales. So obviously these issues need to be addressed, and that's the main reason why I wanted to do this episode today, because uh, we focus on mind, body, and soul when we teach holistic hijama. And we feel that it's very important for everyone to be aware that it's a full package. You can't just come for a hijama session and expect the physical aspects to get healed. But if you're not in a good place emotionally, spiritually, um, you're not going to heal. So the healing does come from within. And uh, usually we find that sickness and mental health issues can manifest themselves as physical sicknesses. So really the inner soul has to be addressed, uh, any issues that are going on there. Please do watch until the end. We're going to be discussing various issues initially, and then we're going to be talking about hijama cupping therapy and how that can help with mental health issues as well. We're also going to be focusing on metaphysical issues and looking at things like jinn, black magic, and evil eye, and how they can affect our health as well. Um, so let me introduce you to Sister Afshan Khan. Mashallah, she's an Islamic counselor and psychotherapist, and she's also an NLP coach. And for those of you who don't know, that's neuro-linguistic programming. Mashallah, she specializes in cognitive behavioral therapy, and her field of focus is youth, parenting, and marriage where she offers uh, counselling and mediation services. Mashallah, she has over 35 plus years of experience and she's very prominent in the field of mental health. Uh, Sister Afshan also created the Islamic Transformational Core Psychotherapy, which is her own original service. And we're going to discuss that with her further. And Mashallah, she's also the author of two books. One is called Secrets to a Successful Marriage. And the second one is called Healing Hearts. Sister Afshan, assalamu alaikum and welcome to the call today. Wa alaikum assalam rahmatullah. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been difficult to get hold of you. I know you're very busy, but I appreciate you uh, taking the time out to talk to us today. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah, so, um, that was a very long and detailed introduction. Um, but I would like for you to explain your qualifications and background to our viewers, please. Bismillah rahman rahim I suppose the main thing I can say there, mashallah, I've done all the courses and I've done all the trainings. and But I think, you know, being in this field uh, for such a long time, the main thing uh, I think I use is my experience. Um, and 
you can't learn experience anywhere. It right. actually comes at very grass root levels. And so I have to say um, that is my biggest qualification, being in this field, understanding uh, the state of the mind, how it works, how people work. Um, it's, it's, it's given me a lot of insight and hence, obviously, then I created the Islamic Transformational Core Therapy that I, that, that I do. Okay, so, so starting yeah. from the beginning, tell me how you got into this field. Why did you decide that you wanted to become a counsellor and how did you uh, start your work? Well, to me, I didn't know that I wanted to be a counsellor, but because um, I actually trained as a nursery teacher, um, but, I never, but I never worked in the, in the... Alhamdulillah, that obviously helped me when I do my, my parenting. Uh, coaching that I do. Um, I think I got in, in, into this by working with um, support groups. At the time, uh, Asian women's support group were a really big thing uh, when I started to work, because um, I worked for different organizations, only now that the last 10, 15 years I work for myself. So right. I work for different charities, the council. So I, I used to help run different groups, and then I used to help run youth groups for, for younger teenagers. Um, again, Asians, we, had, we were part of a project. Uh, we helped, we'd go to schools and develop work with uh, uh, Asian girls so that's where it all started and then obviously then I started to train I did different courses and then I realized this is what I enjoy because if you enjoy something you're always alhamdulillah usually good at it so then I went on to do all my my training after that and I continue to train in different fields throughout, throughout the uh, throughout my life really mashallah that's so, excellent yeah. so over a period of years, you did your counselling and then you uh, started specialising as a life coach and CBT therapist. Um, how did you find that you, obviously this was personal fulfilment, like you said, you enjoyed doing it, it was your passion. Um, over time, um, how did you find the growth experience and um, specialising in all of these different fields? Well, when I first started in the field of counselling, I think it was still very new for, for the Muslim community, definitely. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't the done thing. Uh, but I have to say, alhamdulillah, over the... Because I always say this, that, for example, if you, have, if you have a toothache, you go to the dentist. If you've got a headache, you go to the doctors. If you have mental health issues, why, why you do not go and see a counsellor? Why do we have a stigma attached to that? Because, I mean, this is also part of our deal, as you keep mentioning holistically. Yeah. It's everything holistic. So the, the mind and body are so connected. If the mind, like depression, is... And alhamdulillah, now only people are realizing actually depression is actually something that is, people are saying, yes, it is a disease. Yes, it is something. It's an illness. Um, right. but, but we were given these du'as and stuff from the Prophet ﷺ. You know, he gave us du'as to read. Uh, there was a time of sadness when the Prophet ﷺ lost his wife, his beloved wife, um, Khatija Anho, and his uncle. It was actually named uh, the year of sadness. So, you know, this is, this is there as part. So, but over the years, I have to say, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, the stigma has died down and I'm counselling more people, marriage counselling, I'm counselling more brothers. Brothers only counsel uh, on phone sessions only. I don't offer face-to-face -face unless it comes a couple. But I'm counselling more brothers now, more, alhamdulillah, a lot of teenagers. So people are beginning to understand mental health is so important. As you said, mental health affects physical health. It's proven. Right. Stress will give you illnesses. Yeah, excellent. Physical illnesses. Alhamdulillah, yeah. Um, so let's categorize it because obviously you've got a very broad spectrum of clients. So you do deal with youth. Um, so you, roughly speaking, what are the age groups that you deal with when you take on younger clients? So I would uh, deal with children over the age of eight. Okay. Yeah, 
over the age of, but usually yeah. it's more teenage teenage counseling that I do um marriage counseling is obviously that's why I specialize in and depression anxiety mental health so it these are these are the areas that that, that I cover coaching and in different parts of people's lives or but the thing is with with my with my therapy is like when people first come uh it's, it's the first time they see me then I just the first session is really I look at what exactly is needed so is it therapy is it life coaching and then have like a set structure that I will work with the client so it's individual it's not I don't do CBT for everybody it's what's needed with the client so if they need um, CBT there I'll do CBT if it's, obviously I do my own therapy so it's every for every client my therapy is tailor-made to, to, yes, towards so, their needs right mashallah so you're offering bespoke packages for each client yes so obviously that comes from technical experience but also from intuition and I guess your gut instinct or, you know, the, the vibe that you're getting uh, with youth. What are the most common types of uh, conditions that you're seeing with the youngsters? Uh, the common type is really the main thing I see at, across the board, okay. yeah, whether they're a teenager, uh, adult, even in the people in their 60s, um, even I've come somebody in their 70s, it's, it's low self-esteem. Oh, subhanAllah. Okay. So that's of the yeah, but but that is just that is just the root cause, because of that is just the cause. But then there are the symptoms. The symptoms are depression, anxiety, uh, different um, pe- how people you know react to other people. For example, are they very passive because they have low self-esteem? So these are, first you have to look at the root cause of something, and that's why I do. Once I know the root cause, I'm sure like you're doing your. Yeah. therapy as well is that you can treat the symptoms what happens in most therapies is people are treating the symptoms but not the cause mm, absolutely See, in, holistic, in holistic medicine usually like people are talking about functional medicine at the moment which i think is, a, is such a good thing because functional medicine will actually get to the root cause so if you have a problem with your kidney it may be related to something else maybe related to something completely different and the doctor may be treating just the kidney but actually maybe something maybe you've got too much um, metal in your, in your in your diet yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I mean, this is this same same with with my therapy. I will always go back to the root of the problem, and then I'll work upwards. And this is why once people have the therapy, Alhamdulillah, it's changing forever. Alhamdulillah, it's like you know you're getting better forever, not for a for a few weeks, and then you're back to normal again. Well, not normal, but obviously back to feeling you know the depression again. So, many clients says, "Oh, I had so I had five years, I had therapy for six years, didn't really get better because nobody addressed the root cause of why are you angry, why are you depressed." Where does it come from? See, these are root causes. Yeah, I agree. So. Um, and regarding marriage counselling and mediation, uh, what, what are the most common types of problems you're seeing with people there? Uh, all in my, in, in my first book. Alhamdulillah, you know, my mashallah has been um, translated in different languages now because it, it, it's such a, I would say, quite a simple, logical book. But yet the, the tips is given. This is the feedback I've had, mashallah. The people, somebody the other day said, you know, if only I had read this book before and implemented oh, it, I won't be... One second. This is the Secrets to a Successful Marriage Yes, book? This, this is the first, yeah, this is the first book, yeah. Okay. Uh, the tips. So, so those are things I was seeing uh, on an everyday basis. So um, so there's around communication, finance, uh, lack of affection, respect. So all the things that I would see, conflict resolution. Uh, so every day, it's like, you know, when I wrote the first book, I just thought to myself, subhanAllah, it's like Allah was telling me to write this book and I was thinking, how can I write a book? 
yeah me you know what what can what can you know and then just Allah just smart about everything in my way you got a friend helped me uh I wrote all the stuff and it just came and people helped me and sent it to the publishers thinking you know what there's so many marriage books out this is a, such a simple book mm-hmm. within two weeks the publishers got back to me and said you want to publish your book I just couldn't subhanallah believe it and mm-hmm. it's um you know subhanallah may Allah save me from real but it is one of the most um uh, books for marriage people are talking about yeah so alhamdulillah and I that's all from Allah nothing from nothing from me no there li- well obviously it's definitely 100% from Allah but a little bit from you as well mashallah I, hope so. I remember when I, I first met you and you were really sort of on the fence about writing it should I write yeah. it write it and I remember oh you remember yes you remember yeah, of course yeah. I do and um you know it was just like mashallah you just have so much knowledge you have got to share this with the world it was just yeah, you know when so we used cool. to talk and I uh it was like so important for you to write that book like mashallah um so uh, you know what made you take that final step and think right I'm gonna do it like I said it was just um it just uh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pushing me he's putting things you know, making things easy for me like right. basically my friend said look you you just speak and I'll just write so the typing she did for me um the information just came the way the book you know sometimes when you want to do something it just Allah wants to help you it just puts things makes things easy for you yeah so uh, it just it just it just it just happened and i really didn't think the publishers were going to you know publish the book but i did it i thought you know what it's i see it's like preaching to the nation instead of preaching, preaching to one person so I'll let me do it and i leave the rest into Allah's hands like i said alhamdulillah i never expected it to much have reached the success it has and i'm so grateful and humbled Uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, mashallah, that's amazing. It's such an achievement in itself anyway. But it's also a really important sadqa jariya. You're, you're helping millions of people around the world. And inshallah, you know, you will actually impact people's lives in a positive way. It's actually mindset training and, you know, really being able to help people on a personal level, mashallah. So then tell me about your second book, Healing Hearts. What's that about and how did that um, come into play? Okay, so uh, I suppose it was the same thing. Uh, so when I did the first book, it was the tip of the iceberg. So every day things people were going through. Then things were going deeper. So people were having marital issues because of deeper things. And mainly it was to do with the childhood. And most times people come, that's what, that's specialized in it, um, healing people from their childhood trauma. Right. Uh, and so then I began to realize that, um, okay, so people are having issues because of X, Y, Z, for example, if they have an anger issue, they were parented by an angry parent. And then, then you, you take them back a bit further and then you realize, okay, their, their parent was, was uh, you know, parented by an angry parent. And you could you go back like three generations, and I'm sure you could go back even more, but obviously there's only yeah. so much knowledge you can have from one generation to another generation. And then I, I realized that we, we were just handing over this baggage of emotional baggage to, 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 our, you know, to our children. And then they were doing the same thing, their children and the same children. So, so then I thought, you know, I need to write this because, again, the same things were coming up. And it was other smart that telling me you need to write about this. And people were talking about narcissism. And nobody was actually dealing with it Islamically. Mm. So when I made that first video, YouTube video that I made on narcissism, the amount of people all over the world, I was inundated with like, I was just saying, Jazakallah, oh, that's a light bulb moment. Oh, now I realize it's not me, it's her or him. It was just... You know, so I wrote about uh, narcissism, I wrote about different things that people go through, you know, personality disorders, childhood, low self-esteem. So basically it just takes you through everything that happens in your life and then how you heal from it. 
Right, so um, it was it was it was the hardest thing I uh, I think I did. It really? wasn't easy doing the second book. No, it was it wasn't easy at all. I had a lot of issues um, with it, but because it's quite an in depth book and took a lot of my time. But alhamdulillah, I'm so grateful to her that I I wrote it and I finished it because mashallah, it, it does help a lot of people. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, mashallah, no doubt, of course. Um, so obviously there's millions of counsellors and therapists around the world, but there's very few actual practicing Muslim ones. And then even then there's a, a minimal amount of people that put the Islamic twist on everything and look at it from with an Islamic approach holistically. And I, I think that's where our community is really let down, where they're very confused with the, the Western paradigm and the Islamic mindset or approach. So um, with regards to your new um, course that you made yourself it's an or original program I guess or can you tell us more about that and uh, explain how you've incorporated Islam with psychotherapy please so um, the Islamic transcriptional core therapy is uh, I think is because obviously because of my experience and like I said when people come I, uh, soon I think in just one session I realized okay this is the issue because you ask certain questions and you get all the background and you realize, okay, from this, we need to work on this, this, and this. And then I set out a program with my clients and say, look, we'll do this, this, and then we work systematically towards it. So again, it's really about uh, the core therapy is going to the root causes uh, of um, why the person has low self-esteem, why the person has OCD or anxiety or depression or complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So you look at everything and then you think, okay, now we need to work on this. So and that's, and that's the way I work. And because, like I said, I go back to the root causes, we heal from within. And it's like healing the inner child right. uh, uh, is a chapter in my, in my second book. Is sometimes we haven't healed the inner child and we're hurting. And then once you heal the inner child, you reach your full potential because now you're healed and you no longer have that baggage of, you know, you're hurting. You're like, you, alhamdulillah, you, you've grown. And, you, and I suppose that's my job satisfaction. When I see people... Alhamdulillah, by the will of Allah, get better and they reach their full potential. Those are clients, mashallah, after they've had the therapy, they're like running their own businesses. They've sometimes gone back to uni. I said, my sister the other day, she, she came and she gave me a hug. She was that okay to hug you? I said, yeah, it's fine. She <laughs> goes, I just want to tell you, I've just, I've just, you know, I've just gone back to university. And she's got children. Um, I've had people starting their own baking business. I've had people change careers. Everybody has potential. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given everybody a gift. There's nobody in this world or per person on this planet that does not have some talent Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them. Yeah, you just I, have to I, find it. You that, just have to find it. Yeah, mashallah, that's amazing. So how would a regular person be able to access uh, this treatment from you? Do, how do they book with you? Or is this a standard procedure you give all of your clients? Or is it just ones that you pick or they say, I want to do this? Or how does it all work? Um, well, you can register through my website if you need an appointment and obviously you can contact me through email or, or phone or whatever. I think most, uh, most of the clients I offer the same package to because I think, I think and I believe in the work that I do is yeah. the best package, it's the best kind of uh, treatment because it, like I said, it, it heals you from within forever, yeah. inshallah. Yeah? inshallah. It doesn't leave, it doesn't leave any stone. That's if people continue. Sadly, sometimes people will continue um, I have like, you know, one or two sessions and then obviously there's, there's nothing that I can do because if you want to see the th treatment through, it's just like antibiotics, you know, you get, you're told to take the whole course and you only take two and you say, well, I didn't get better. So you're not going to. Yeah. So people who see the treatment through, 
And because Alhamdulillah of my experience, you don't have to have 10 or 15 sessions. Sometimes even by four or five, you see mashallah people like changing and thinking, oh, wow, okay. Um, you know, this is what I'm doing. And they'll come the next time and say, well, you know, this time I was actually being assertive or this time I actually put myself first. And you think, wow, great, mashallah. So now moving on, I'm interested to link the physical to the spiritual and the psychological, because obviously uh, you see the psychological aspects every day. But as a practicing Muslim who's incorporating the Islamic mindset into your treatments, um, obviously we believe fully that it's holistic, it's mind, body and soul. So do you try to integrate any other treatments, any natural remedies, um, complementary and alternative therapies uh, into your treatment plans? Do you advise clients to, for example, get relaxation from a massage or if you see a problem that they should get hijama cupping therapy done? Anything like that? Yes, because like you said, it's, it's important to uh, point them in other directions. For example, if I'm doing stuff around self-care, like, you know, if you're doing around self-esteem, one of the biggest things is that people don't believe in themselves, they don't think they're good enough. So when you start doing things around self-care, prioritizing yourself, giving yourself time, then I would say, you know, go for a massage. But besides that, yes, um, like you said, everything comes together. So, um, for example, I do give advice on health. I look at all the things, uh, I'm quite clued up about different vitamins and things. Uh, but we say we speak to your doctor first. For example, if people are suffering from a lot of anxiety, then I would suggest something um, you can get uh, that's herbal. I'd rather say something that's, that's herbal. Um, like, for example, now the news research is saying that sometimes it's lack of magnesium that can um, cause you depression. Um, so looking at going back to the doctor, getting a blood test done, are you lacking anything, lacking vitamin D? If your thyroid is not working properly, that's going to affect your moods. That's why when people come, I always ask, look, are you, have you diagnosed anything? Yeah, they say, oh, but just, you know, I think I'm low in iron. But iron, if you're low in iron, it'll affect your moods. It'll affect everything about you. So then I do give advice. And obviously, uh, definitely, I, I would, would say I believe in hijama. Um, I would definitely say to them, you know, if you, you need to go and get hijama done. So I always do that. I always point people to what other alternative methods is because you want them to heal holistically. So you want them to, you know, get better. So sometimes it's like you're complimentary if you have your therapy, but then, go and make sure that everything else is okay as well happening in your body and how you can improve or enhance your health even further because physical and mental health are so, uh, you know, enjoined together. Yeah, completely. So can you tell me about your uh, knowledge and experience of hijama? Do you receive it yourself? or, or how, oh, When did yes. you learn about it and uh, what do you think of it? Okay, so um, I learned about it, I think, from you. <laughs> <laughs> many 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 years ago I mean I did I did hear about it and people were talking about it but it suddenly became something you know big very very quickly because I think everybody's always looking for something that's going to be and then it's the sunnah uh, yeah. and alhamdulillah a lot of times people are reviving the sunnah alhamdulillah so it became a big thing quite soon uh, so I did hear it from you and I and I have had you know I do practice you know I do I do get hijama done as well and um, I think it's, it's, it's really helped me over the years um, and I would really recommend it um, for, to, for a lot of people for the for the good blood flow for diagnostic for anything else. I think it's a, it's a really it's really it's a really good treatment. Obviously, my it's a sunnah, so can't go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. You can't go, uh, you, you can't go wrong with it. Um, generally mm. speaking, so you, you have it done yourself, and you've got that faith and believe in it uh, anyway. So. Um, how commonly would do you recommend it to your clients? Uh, because what I'm interested in is the link between um, mental health 
and then metaphysical issues because we come across a lot of cases where there's jinn, black magic, evil eye. Mm. Usually the hijama can trigger that as well. So even when I'm treating clients, uh, they can have an episode. Um, that is quite common. I talk from personal, personal experience as well. You know, these things have happened to me for several years. And, um, you know, in the Muslim community, no one wants to talk about it because you shouldn't label everything as jinn, black magic and evil light. And I completely agree with that. But I, th I think we need to keep an open mind. When we're um, seeing our clients as hijama practitioners, we teach it holistically that you have to account for the physical and the metaphysical. So just treat the client for both things, just in case, because obviously it's unseen and it's the gaib and only Allah knows best. So that's how we treat the clients and we see very immediate results, mashallah. In your field, you coming across lots of mental health issues. Is there a time where you feel like, okay, this could be a metaphysical issue more so than mental health, for example? And how, how do you deal with those cases then? Well, I have to say, I come, uh, you know, Allah knows best, it's the end of times or whatever, but I deal with those cases quite a lot. So okay. I have people coming to me and they say, oh, well, I'm, I'm possessed or I have an uh, evil eye or I've been, I have a rukia done. And sometimes people will recommend my services. So people, different people, like people go for rukia, they say, oh, go, go to, uh, for um, some of the things they might need counselling. So I think, yes, definitely we can't blame everything on, sometimes people do, it's everything is to do with the gene or everything to do with black magic. It's not the case, but, um, but then we can't disregard it either. So when people come to see me, Usually, alhamdulillah, I, I, I know some of the symptoms that people will get if they have been afflicted. Uh, so then I will, I, I will know uh, that, okay, maybe it's this, but maybe it's that. But most times, you know, what I've seen in my experience, and people may offer a different opinion, is when I've seen people depressed, or if I've seen them dealing with childhood trauma, or they're already weak, they are more prone to this kind of things, you know, from the evil eye or whatever, because they are more vulnerable to it. it they have trauma. So we'll deal with the trauma through to the counselling, but then I feel they need to go and see somebody, uh, Rukia, then I might recommend somebody to then go and see Rukia and then uh, to get hijama as well because this also weakens whatever's going on inside them. Um, and it's a good practice because, and usually the people who do the Rukia will also recommend that they, they will get hijama done uh, to, you know, to get rid of whatever issues. And, it, and it's helped a lot of my, my clients who've had these issues um, you know, they've gone to somebody with hijama and then it's throughout the rukia and the hijama has weakened whatever has been done, been done to them. So, yeah, uh, yeah definitely, definitely would. Uh, I always recommend, um, I recommend rukia, I recommend hijama, I recommend, you know, health, uh, herbal things. I recommend, uh, you know, just making sure that everything is okay, like having blood tests done, because like you said, everything is, is, is interconnected. And yeah. we have to look at everything. It's like as a life coach, we look at all parts of your life, spiritually, your career, your, you know, your, your health, everything. You look at everything. So same, same with health. We can't, we can't, you know. And sadly, this is a, a thing that I, I, nearly every day I see that oh, somebody's afflicted me or something black magic on me. Or, and this uh, also the other thing is that it can be done through generations because it can be done to your parents and they can go carry it and they can go to the children. So all these things, obviously, they have to be treated. May Allah protect us all. I mean, I, yeah, I, we come across the most extreme cases where people have had the generational magic done on them. Yeah. Um, even during the hijama cupping therapy treatments, 
um, it may trigger off the seizures or some kind of physical manifestation of it. And, you know, it, it can be quite scary, but I think we've had enough experience and knowledge now to understand that it's perfectly manageable. Obviously, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the tools to yeah, deal with it. May Allah protect you. Yeah, I mean, and we know it's a divine therapy and Allah has given it as a, as a weapon, basically, to fight shaitan as well. So alongside fasting, rukya, sadaka, hijama, you know, these are all things that we love to um, combine with the coaching and uh, that we offer as well. Regarding these types of cases, is there anything that you see very commonly, uh, for example, with couples? What kind of cases do you see with couples? Well, couples are main thing. That, I mean, not all obviously cases, but sometimes uh, there is like a set of separation done on them yeah. um, because uh, their parents want them to marry somebody from back home, you know, a cousin or something. And uh, the couple met at university, and you know, sometimes that's what's happening. Quite a lot of people meet at university and they like each other and they want to get married, and the parents aren't happy. Uh, sometimes it's done when people have gone back home, um, and. And they, you know they've visited somebody and they've eaten something or whatever. It's it's it, it is for married couples mainly is is to is to is to separate them. That that's that's what I see. Obviously, people have their own issues, but I have seen that uh, it has been done on them for for that reason. And sometimes sadly they do separate because they haven't got the help and you know in time or whatever. Yeah. Um, just to add to that, in our experience as well. Um, I echo what you've just said. And also we found that um, it happens quite commonly in when a man has married uh, one or uh, one, he has one wife, but he's married previously as well. So he's either got two wives currently or even three in some cases. Um, yeah. But then, you know, uh, there's problems from the ex. So there can be a lot of marriage problems with that. And then fertility issues, we find. Um, yeah, of course, yeah. And also, unfortunately, uh, a, a lot of it can do with uh, be related to inheritance and financial issues as well, where some family members may not want, you know, certain members to be getting finances or whatever. So it's really tragic when you see cases like that. It's very disturbing, but you think, no, don't they have anything better to do, you know, but finalize there, yeah. we have to accept it. Yeah. But besides, so, the, the punishment is so severe, like it's like doing shirk. It I mean, to actually do this, to do black magic or call is you have to go down to the lowest of the low. And it's, you know, it's, and, you know, it's shirk and Allah will never, never forgive shirk. And I don't know, people forget that. What, just for the house next door or for the, I don't know, something in back home you have. Uh, you're going you're gonna to just ruin your akhirah for that. That's what's scary. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I could tell you a whole bunch of stories. Uh, inshallah, yeah. one day my my uh, ambition, if I ever get the time, is to write a book about these types of situations. Inshallah. So, good. Yeah, you just think, you know, we need to share this knowledge with people. Mashallah, that's of why, I, I, you know, I really chased you off for this interview. I thought it's so important to share this with people. So. Mm. We find that with hijama, we can quite easily treat things like anxiety, depression, and so on, because they're fairly easy to relieve. Um, in your experience with mental health issues, um, I wouldn't say less important. I would say you know, milder cases or mental health issues, because obviously even depression can be very severe. But say, for example, um, anxiety or things like that, they do, with your therapy that you've created and you offer do you feel like people can get treated quite quickly or what's the average time you would say roughly 
Well, it will really depend on the, the, the trauma and, and how quickly the, the, the client will work with you because, you know, you can't push people. You have to work at their own pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so depending on how they pick up things, they, you know, the, the advice you give them, I give them homework to do, keep the journal. So it really just depends. But in most cases, mashallah, I think usually four to six sessions, people will get started to move forward. Mashallah. But like I said, it just really just depends on their... Like, you know, for example, in they've gone to they've they've had therapy somewhere else and they still haven't moved forward and they've come for one or two sessions and they'll they'll say something like, you know, Alhamdulillah, you know, I've I never covered this and okay, I'm understanding now why I've got this, I understand where I have to. So, you know, Alhamdulillah, this is this is the way that you know that my, my therapy works. It's very fast. Mm. It's very fast in in, in 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 healing people. Yeah, so it's like an accelerated program for it is an accelerated home- program. Like an emotional, I imagine it's like an emotional or psychological de- uh, detox. Like you're just cleansing everything from the root cause. Yes. First of all, you have to accept because when people come here, sometimes they know they'll say, "Well, um, I know I've got an, uh, an an anger issue because of, you know, I don't know, my, my dad had an anger issue." But sometimes people won't know why they have anxiety or why they have. Uh, sadly, we have to do a lot of uh, sexual abuse cases where children have been abused when they're young and they haven't told anybody. Mm. Um, so it all really depends on what, what kind of trauma that you're, you're dealing with. And nobody actually talks about that. And I've written about it in my second book because we have to understand, you know, these, these things are happening. They're happening. And, you know, we have to be aware. We can't shy away from these, these topics because we think we can't talk. We have to talk. We have to, because if we don't talk about how we're going to protect our children if we don't know what's happened, you know, to us or to, to children before who are now adults and, and still suffering in silence because I think that. They can't talk about it. So it's a, it, like I said, it really just depends on what the trauma is and, and how quickly people work and accept and want to move forward. And, you know, mashallah, usually four or five sessions, alhamdulillah, people begin to heal. Mashallah. Is, that, is that like uh, once weekly sessions? Um, I don't offer weekly sessions because I always think it's, it's good to give a bit of space unless people are having like major panic attacks and stuff like that. So, um, but every you you the beginning is every two maybe every two to two to three weeks, okay. and then once as they're getting better, then I'll say look come once a month, and then once every other month, and then so slowly I will I will I will tell tell the, the 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 therapy officer because I give them the tools now to use yes whenever they are feeling whatever. And most times if they've had the therapy, then they don't get anxiety at such a high level. We we can never say as therapists, or I can never say that you know we can take the pain away, um, or we can make you forget what happened to you, but what good therapists should do is they take whatever happened to you and they change it and you heal from it. So I was this analogy is like when you like say four and you had a, had a cut and then you just put a plaster, just put a plaster on it. So with me, I have to take the plaster off and it's in, and it's the uh, wood is infected. It's going to hurt for a little while, uh, but I clean it for you and then it just becomes a scar. So it's healed. Um, and this is, this is, this is, this is the analogy that usually I give, give, give my clients, but you know, we never say just forget about it. No, we can't forget about what happened to you. But you learn to put in a place where you can revisit it if you need to, and you can come back and you'll still be okay. Maybe have a sad little bit of time, but you'll be okay. It won't ruin your life. It won't take over your life. You will still be able to move forward and be productive as, you know, as being a good worshipper of Allah, inshallah. SubhanAllah, that's amazing. It's so inspirational, mashallah. Um, two major questions before we sign off, inshallah. Um, I'm interested in things like OCD. Uh, behavioral mm. issues like that because I know that they from my own um, experience with clients it can be gin related and so on um, when you're dealing with 
because I know you do cognitive behavioral therapy as well. Do you mm -hmm. find some of your cases could be metaphysical as well, or do you feel that they're mainly just psychological? Usually they may be both. So there may be that something that they've seen or they had depression or they have anxiety, um, because obviously OCD is de developed for a reason. So you, you work with anxiety, you work with the thought process, and then at some point I'll realize that you know, it may be something else as well. I think soon, soon because of the already job for a very long time, uh, probably in their first session, I'll realize a few things will say, well, uh, I'll ask them like, do you find it hard to press a lot? Do you find it hard to do this? Do you find it hard to do that? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Then definitely, obviously, then I'll say, look, you need to go and speak to somebody mm -hmm. and um, have Rukia done. And then obviously through that, probably once they've been diagnosed, they'll also have hijama done as well. But then I'll work with the other thing where they're, why they're doing this because of X, Y, Z, and then we work with that. So we work, like you said, uh, on a holistic level. Right. And um, I mean, issues like domestic violence, sexual abuse, rape, all of these kinds of things exist. They're in our community. And not mm. many people talk about them. If someone's suffering from these situations right now, what advice would you give them? Especially if they're too scared to come forward or discuss it or talk about it. The thing is, if you, if you want to heal, you see, we all, we in, in a sense, we all trap ourselves in an emotional prison. Yet we have the key to free ourselves. And that key is accepting and and getting help, yeah? Because if you have a problem and you every day suffer a panic attack, you, you need to speak to somebody. And there is no shame in getting help because you know the Prophet said, the body has a right over you. You know, you have a right to heal. You have a right to look after the body. So if you, if you have any kind of pain, whether it's physical or mental, you need to get the help. Because if you don't, because many people when they come they'll, and, and I, or they've read the book and they'll say, oh, I didn't know I went through that. Like, a lot of people read the second book and said, oh, this, this is my story. This is my story, definitely. This, you must have known about me. But it's because everybody, there's other people who've gone through the same thing as, as you have or I have. And they, they're not talking about it. And the ones you realize, okay, wow, this is, other people have gone through this. They feel more empowered. And that is a key word. Once you get the help you realize what the issue is, you feel more empowered to get better. But if you keep remaining st stuck in this, then it's, 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 it's very difficult, very difficult to get the help. So you see, you have that power. It's, what they say about depression now is that, you know, it, it's like, it's your, it's your thought. You need to push yourself as much as possible. Do you want to get better? You have the choice. Or you want to stay in bed all day. You have that choice. Obviously, sometimes a really depressed and people do need medication. Um, and, you know, that's, that's okay if people feel they need medication. Um, but really, if people are depressed or have anxiety, if they get the help, the appropriate help, they, they will get better, inshallah. Inshallah, definitely. Um, yeah, I th uh, the key word is empowerment as well. And mm. like we keep agreeing, because it's so important, is about holistic remedies as well. Mm. That part of our hijama program that we do, holistic hijama treatment system, is about empowerment and knowledge and, and uh once you you know you can start to heal once you get that knowledge which will empower you and then you will want to improve yourself mashallah um i just want to ask you some tips for our viewers sure. so on a spiritual level obviously if people are going through mental health issues um and, and we teach people rukia as well and, and with the hijama com combining that together um what advice would you give uh, people 
who are struggling with their spirituality and the ritualistic aspects of it, you know, um, sticking to the routine and being steadfast with prayers and salah and mm. uh, all of those kinds of things. What would you advise? Yes, yeah, so I, first thing, the thing is when people come, like for, if you're suffering from depression or mental health, and people say, you know, my relationship with Allah is not good at the moment. Um, I find it really hard to pray. I'm struggling with the Quran. And you have to make, uh, explain to them, uh, look, if because you're, uh, you're, 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 you're mentally ill or you have, you're feeling, you know, you're depressed, this is going to affect you because it's, it's affecting your mind. Once you improve that, once you get better, then inshallah, um, it will go back. You'll, 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 feel, you'll feel better. But we've, we fail to recognize this because we're suffering from mental illness that we cannot connect because it affects the way that we think. It affects everything. Our mind is our powerhouse. So I always say to people, don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. Um, do the best that you can. So if you're struggling with you know, the five prayers or at least just try and do the first prayer, keep, keep sort of pushing yourself. Definitely do your morning and evening at car. Very, very important to, to hold on to that. And do the best that you can and, and get the help that you need to get better. So once you're better, then inshallah. And Allah knows what you're going through. Allah knows what you, what, what's in your mind. You know where they say the pens are lifted at certain times? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're underage and if you're mad. I'm not saying people are mad, but I mean, Allah knows that somebody's going through something and you're struggling and, you know, you're making dua and Allah loves it. We make dua to, to Allah subhanahu that He loves when we raise our hands. Make as much dua. Ask Allah. And he will, he will inshallah. He will help you and he'll guide you and heal you, inshallah. Inshallah. Hopefully people will get inspiration from that. Um, sister, if there are other sisters and brothers as well, because I'm sure there's a huge need for male role models to be out there helping and coaching, especially youngsters or young men, um, what tips or advice would you give people who are interested in getting into the field of mental health and counselling? I mean, uh, things have changed since obviously I did my uh, training, but I would say if you look at yourself, are you the kind of person that can listen to people's problems and still disassociate yourself or know that you can? Because obviously some people ask me, how do you do this job? You know, you listen to people's problems every day. But Allah has given me that thing that I can, I, 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 can, I can obviously have a cutoff point. But a lot of people can't do that. First of all, make sure that you're that kind of person. If you go to therapy, then you can be able to protect yourself because otherwise you have a burnout very, very quickly. Um, and if you can, then I would really encourage people because we, we do need more, more therapists out there, more counselors out there, uh, you know, for the, for, for them. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I just like inundated and I don't, you know, I do recommend other people, but there isn't that many people to recommend. Mm. So it's, I think it's really important that, you know, we get more people on board um, and train as therapists, inshallah. Inshallah. Um, so if people want to access you, what's your website, please? Sukun.org.uk. That is my website. Inshallah. I'll and I have a YouTube channel, which is called uh, Sukun Healing is my YouTube channel. Okay. Inshallah, we'll put the links there. So everyone who's watching can access those links and gain um, more information from Sister Afsha, Inshallah. So any final words? What message would you like to give our viewers before you leave? The message I would like to give people is really just, just really access the help that you need. Whatever, whatever, because, you know, we put things aside. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. We, we don't take our health uh, seriously, mental health, physical health. And we're just so busy. But, you know, if, if you're not okay, nothing is okay. 
affects everything. I mean, I'm a parenting coach, affects your parenting, affects your marriage, because you're not happy, because you're not dealing with your stuff. So the biggest thing is, I would say to people, is that, you know, go and get the help that you need as soon as possible. But what if, people, what if people don't understand that they need help or aren't ready to admit it? Well, I suppose the people around them could advise them if they're feeling that, you know, this person is very down, um, you know, uh, they see some symptoms, perhaps, you know, somebody could encourage them to go. But they're there, you know, we, we, you can only help yourself. You can only help yourself. And this, you know, like I said, there's things, the only thing that people, I see that people obviously come to see me, first of all, they accept they have a problem. Like when people have addictions and stuff, and they say, oh, no, I don't have addiction. You're not really going to get better, but if you say, you yeah, have an addiction, I need to get better. Yeah, so this, this is what I need to do to get better. We're living in a very unconscious way. We're not conscious. So we live like robots. We get up in the morning, we get everything done. We don't reflect, even though the Quran tells us sometimes, do they, do they not reflect? We don't think about our life. We don't think about where we're heading. We just get up and just live like our, and it's what I call unconscious living. We need to come back and be conscious. Every day we should reflect for five, six minutes. What did I do today? Did I reflect? Did I, did I speak to Allah SWT? Did I make dua? How with my kids? How was my spouse? We don't ask these questions. Yeah. We, have to connect, we have to connect with ourselves. Yeah. And then we can connect with Allah. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, um, I guess what you've um, tagged as unconsciousness, uh, unconscious living is, I, I guess, there's the idea of mindfulness and... Um, yep. That was the next thing I was going to move on to, that for some people, certain types of therapies are more suited to them. Yes, so would you advise people to try out different things? Uh, some could uh, benefit from CBT. Some could benefit from, you know, straightforward counselling. Some would benefit coaching, mindfulness. For, for example, myself, we know for I've had issues in the past. I did lots of counselling, but it didn't really, it wasn't. It didn't suit my personality type. It wasn't for me. Mm. But when I got into coaching and mindfulness and then mm. CBT, it was like, wow, this really changed my whole outlook. And that's what helped me to heal and grow and, you know, be very mm. productive and move forward. So um, what would your advice be to people who find that they are trying to get help, but it's not really working for them? And, you know, what are their options? What should they do? Well, like I said, it depends what kind of therapy that you've gone in for, because if you, if you have this therapy where you're going to be offered all those things anyway, depending. So at some point in your life, you might need CBT, but so you might need uh, another therapy. So it really depends like, on the client. But um, I definitely, I always uh, talk about mindfulness quite a lot because uh, really we should be practicing that in our salah. But, yeah. you know, male yeah. makers have high khushu because the first thing you start thinking about what I need to do next in your salah but this is mindfulness isn't it where you go back and you go back and you go back and you train yourself just to just work on the breathing or you're working on the present and the present moment is just connecting with yourself so um so some of the things i do uh, offer as well in my, in my therapy i will definitely talk about mindfulness so when i'm helping people become calm relaxed i offer different things you know people can't sleep at night insomnia i offer different things but mindfulness is is, is, is one of the things that I, I i talk about quite a lot and I teach how to do mindfulness as well uh, for therapy. So that's what I'm saying. I cover every every base that I can when I'm doing my counselling or my therapy. Yeah, mashallah, it's amazing. I, I think the service you offer is just so invaluable for the community oh, and yeah. for Muslims and non-Muslims. Any human mm. being would benefit. Of course, from. we're all human today. Yes, of course. And, uh, sister, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for joining us today. Jazakallah khairan.
you know, it's been an absolute pleasure to see you again after so long and, you know, for you to take this time out and share your words of wisdom because literally, you know, mashallah, you've accrued so much wisdom with all of this experience and knowledge over the years. Okay. And, um, you know, we're very blessed for you to be able to share that with us. So thank you so much. May Allah accept it from us. I mean, and like yeah. I said, viewers, uh, inshallah, you can go to Sister Afshan's website. I'll leave the links below. And if you're interested in studying hijama cupping therapy uh, with us or any of our other courses in Sunnah Health and uh, traditional Islamic medicine, you can click on any of the links below. Thank you very much for taking out the time to watch our episode today. Take care. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum